In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Uh, look out. <laughs> it's only me. Stand by. It's only the Kemmer with Pete Davis, sidekick producer and sports raconteur extraordinaire and the mechanical mangler at the controls. They call him Flounder. Oh, yeah, standing by here. <laughs> could, could take a few prisoners today. I'm kind of worked up. But we will try to start with some happy sweetness. Maybe it's all, almost Thanksgiving. And uh, you got the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder here on 106.3. Here's a phone number. First, go. Bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Our phone number, we love phone calls, 404-741-1230, we got so many things happening here today, billions and billions of topics and issues, uh, some funny stuff, some weird stuff, we have uh, uh, Holy Crap at Sports, we have uh, Pete's Tweets and Skynet stuff probably, and uh, Flounder's got some funnies, and there's some comedians in the news. Also, uh, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the information on the documentary about the George Floyd case, holy cow. Holy cow. And all those Democrats, well, we'll talk about it. a whole bunch of stuff like that. First of all, um, we'll start off, we start off kind of, uh, you know, see what's going on. It's almost Thanksgiving. Uh, for some reason, I feel like this is Friday. I, I don't know why. I have no idea why. Uh, I, I don't. I thought this was Friday. Because it's a holiday week, and I, a lot I, of people I, are gonna. I was even thinking about taking tomorrow off. Well, I, oh no, you, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry, that no, 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 no. And you tell that Miss Veronica, no more freaking stupid ideas either, okay? Because she wants more time with you, and that's too bad. Thursday, Friday, and the weekend, all you want. <laughs> uh, and by the way, uh, you can tell it's. Uh, I mean, thanks. It took me. A, I went I, I, to get to work today here at the ballpark, uh, my ways took me on a whole new route and way different coming up from a whole different side because of the traffic. Uh, even going back roads, I don't go on 425 unless I, you know, I don't I'm here at all anymore. Uh, but even that, so it says kind of strange. Uh, anyway, uh, so you can tell story. But first of all, uh, by the way, if you want to, if you have a, a Thanksgiving story or a Thanksgiving tip, in fact, I'll do my turkey recipe here real quickly. It's on the web available, and we'll talk more about that. But I'll give you a, a brief rundown on it for my wine-based turkey a little uh, shortly. Um, and we love your phone calls. And if you have, and I've always offered this, and no one's ever taken me up on it, and I'm probably a good reason. But if you want to somehow try to reconnect with someone over the Thanksgiving week, this holiday, this week, and you don't know how to do it, or you maybe you want to offer an apology, or you want to admit, I don't know, whatever, you want, you want to come clean, or you want to beg for forgiveness, or say, please come back, or, you know, it's like Art Linkletter saying, honey, uh, call me, uh, collect, you know. Uh, if you want me to help you smooth over something for Thanksgiving week, I'll be happy to do it. I'll make a phone call, at, uh, and I'll call the person if you want me to, and, and, uh, and we'll see what happens. Again, no one's ever done uh, Yeah, yeah. 
That would be bad, right? You do this every year. <laughs> I know. I do. How, how many people Zero. call? Not, not ever. No, not I'm just offering. I'm just offering. It would be stupid. And plus, you know, I know it would happen. Uh, you know, some some wife called you. I've been cheating on my husband for years. I want to come and tell him I still love him. So I called him and said, tell her I go. You know, I mean, it would be bad. I know it would be bad. But I'm just offering. I just thought it was a nice thing to do, and no one's ever taken me up on it. I've been doing it for years and years and years. Is that a phone call? Is that, is that Yes, it is. I will get right to it. Uh, I want to, uh, in fact, let's do it now. 404 741 with the Kipper Feet and Flounder. Hey, you're on the radio. Who's this? This is Stan. Hey, Stan. Kevin, how's it going? Uh, great. How's it coming back? A... <laughs> oh, sorry. Do, doing good. <laughs> hey, yes, sir. Yeah. Ye- yesterday you read that letter from Megyn Kelly, and it reminded me of a situation. Um, not long after 9 11, I was in Augusta doing business yeah. and went to a restaurant, sat down. This brown-skinned fella came and sat down beside of me. We got to talking and found out he was from South America somewhere and had come to the States to go to school mm-hmm. and was now in the States. And, you know, he, he was starting to badmouth America and all. I'm looking at him, and oh. uh, all of a sudden on the TV, uh, George W. popped up and was giving a, a talk to the, the nation. This is when... You know, the war had broke out again after 9-11. Yeah. And he pointed to to the president and said, that guy right there, he's a terrorist. And I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa. We kind of get into it after a while. And not long after that, three Georgia State Patrolmen walked in and sat down at the table. And he turned around and pointed at them and said out loud, and those guys right there, they're nothing but terrorists. <laughs> and so I... I, I was finishing my meal. I paid. I got up to walk out, and I looked at him. I said, "If you hate America so much, why don't you go back to South America?" And that just set him off. He was—he came after me as I was walking out, and walked right by those Georgia State Patrolmen. They got up, followed us outside, and said, "Hold up, guys!" <laughs> and I turned around with my hands up, and they took this guy and spread eagled him against the car. And I stood there, and it was like, "Am I okay?" They looked at me and said, "You're good to go, sir." So they, they, it was, it was just a great, great. I, I walked away just smiling back to my hotel. You know, so. it's amazing. I, I don't get it. If, if you're so unhappy, why in the world would you? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I just... yeah. Anyway, listen. I, happy. I, I, Thanks, Dan. I, I do that all the time. Yeah. Though. There you hey, go. Can yeah. I say one more thing? Sure. Pete? Yeah. Pete. I feel your pain with the Falcons, but you need to come live in my world as a Panthers fan. <laughs> I don't think that's likely. <laughs> Stan, I got to go. You're killing me. Uh, 309 with a Kimberfeed and Flounder. Uh, uh, the topics come up, a, a couple of military things, also the George Floyd case, and Kyle Rittenhouse has a book. And you have the reaction on social media to that coming out. We got all stuff like that, plus a whole bunch of things. But first of all, a text last night from Pete Davis, and I can't read. I'll, I'll change the last word. Text last night, uh, 8 o'clock or so, from Pete. You won't believe the number of guys here at the store on the phone with their wives making sure they're buying the right Shinola. <laughs> because but, honey, they're out of sage. Yeah, but now what kind of sage? What do you mean sage? What is that? Is that the green one? Or is that, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter what brand. I mean, stuffing. What, what kind of bread stuffing or corn stuffing? Anyway. <laughs> okay. well, I, still can, I still, no one has ever explained to me the difference between chicken broth and chicken stock.
I, I, I think, oh, hold on, my thing's not working with a thing there. There we go. Uh, the chicken, I think it's the same thing. I mean, you got to be at broth and stock. What the hell? I mean, st- I, you know, I hope so. I, I mean, well, I remember my mother, uh, you, in fact, uh, housewives, and my mother was a housewife. Hell, we had five kids, family seven. Um, and she would make, uh, 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 old-fashioned time, would take chickens and boil it in water or whatever and, and use that stock as part of their cooking stuff. They actually make their own. They wouldn't buy it in a in a can. You know, they'd buy it. Uh, they'd make it themselves. All right. Uh, per the Internet, stock is generally made from bones and broth is generally made from flesh. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, so now, I can uh, use it in the, the, the recipe then. No no problem. Okay. Oh, either one. I think either one would work. It's just yeah. – uh, I, and I wonder about the flavor. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to go try to find – the stock is the bones? or, or Yeah, the, it says in both cases they are often supported with uh, aromatic vegetables, but in the case of stock, left unseasoned for maximum flexibility in recipes. Yeah, okie dokie. Whereas broth is usually contained at least with salt and pepper. Aha. Uh-huh. Excellent. Well, thank you, Flounder. Very nice. Well, there you are. Anyway, all right, I'm going home. I'll see you all later. All right, see you. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm coming with you, by the way. I don't know what you're going to do, but if you're leaving, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, that's the rule, you know. I mean, you're Mr. Funny. Oh, you're going home? Great. See you. <laughs> don't wait for me. i get the door for you. Uh, anyway, 311, Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. Uh, and a couple other things. we got newsy stuff, and I just, I'm, I'm not in the mood. I just, you know, I'm just not in the mood for talking about Hamas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, Fargo goes back. The series far goes back on tonight. Two episodes. The first two back-to-back episodes tonight on FX on Fargo, and I th- is this the John Hamm one? I think I, I, I forgot to yeah. check it out. Uh, and do you know John what? Hamm. Do you know what's a, what it's about? Uh, uh, what time and where and what the theory is or anything? I haven't even looked a thing about it up. I, I forgot. The the usual theme is crazy Midwesterners with funny accents doing stupid things. Yeah, so. I, I, I haven't read anything about it. I should have done. Maybe during the break, I'll try to Google it, see what it's about. But I wonder, you know, no, is, no, it, no, let it be a surprise. Well, but I mean, is it is it is it is it gangsters in Kansas City or is it you know Southern sharecropper? I mean, it could be anything. And I'm I'm wondering, uh, you know, I mean, I'll find out pretty soon tonight, I guess. But anyway, just a thought. But Fargo, if you're a fan of Fargo, the series, it's brand new. The new brand new Fargo series is on tonight, back-to-back, two episodes. And one more thing for you, we'll just uh, disperse some things. Uh, Just checking, do you go shopping on Rude Friday? I think they call it Black Friday. What do they call it? Black Friday? Black Friday. Black but Friday. There's no need when you can just do it online. Well, as well, I, although people, you know, if you're in person, you get a lot of you get a lot of deals a lot of times, and I they mean, wait and wait. And now they used to after the because of the uh, the, COVID, the, the kill the, virus. Yeah, because at Target, well, no, at Target and Kmart, there's been multiple times where the front was so crowded, people yeah. got like I think oh they got crushed to death. Yeah. Oh, and, and there are fights and all. I mean, it's, it's a it's a real thing, and I wonder if that's going to happen. It's, I mean, it's good people watching. Uh, well, yeah, but I will avoid. I, yeah. I'll bet you I will avoid the stores on Friday. I'm going to be going no to the stable, go. and after that, maybe if it's not raining, maybe hit some balls, and that'll be my uh, for my uh, Thanksgiving week. Uh, but I'm not. I'm definitely. I, I can't imagine I would be going to the store and fighting crowds on Friday, unless it's all like you said, unless they're all doing internet stuff. But boy, you know, historically, uh, Black Friday is a rude Friday, and try to find a place to park. Oh, my God. I remember years ago, Pete, you remember this? We used to have a helicopter crew go up uh, just to do nothing but parking lot fights yeah. <laughs> on Black Friday. <laughs> well, sometimes it would take you go. over an hour to find a parking lot yeah. at the mall. Oh, you're driving around and driving around. I mean, it's uh, and people getting in fire. I was there first, you know, and you backed out. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Anyway, 314, it's uh, not Friday at all with the Kimber Pete and Flounder right here.
Dum, dum, dum. It's Donk. <laughs> As in Donk a Donk. 318. I still like this song. I like this song. I like this. Here we go. David Cassidy, singer, songwriter, actor, guitarist. David Cassidy died on this day in 2017 of liver failure. He was 67. Originally, he had said he had, was uh, suffering from dementia and all kinds of terrible things, and the family kind of uh, put that out. The fact of the matter was he was a drinker, and his liver failed. And he basically died at 67 of liver failure, uh, not dementia, as they had claimed. He was Keith Partridge, on the, uh, the son of Shirley Partridge, played by his stepmother, Shirley Jones, in the uh, Partridge Family TV show. It was a huge uh, uh, pop culture teen idol. They had the number one single, I Think I Love You, and the number uh, three single, Breaking Up is Hard to Do, uh, and How Can I Be Sure in the Britain Sea. Anyways, they're very, very, and, and they called him Donk. Even his uh, stepmother, Shirley, Part- uh, Shirley uh, Jones, if, am I th- did he ever have an affair with her? Am I thinking of something I may have read years ago? Uh, maybe not. I think maybe he's thinking of the other show, the one with the... With the uh, uh, with the other You're kids, thinking about the, the Brady kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah one the of them Brady had an affair kids. with one of the girls there, with the old lady. Anyway, no, no, uh, he had an affair with Florence Henderson. Florence Henderson, yeah, yeah. The old, I called her the old lady. The mother. Uh, the mother, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, David Cassidy, uh, Shirley Jones, called. Uh, they called him Donk, D-O-N-K, uh, because he was built like a donkey <clears throat> in the situation. <laughs> Uh, for the record. So, uh, God bless him, but he still didn't make it past 67, which is a shame. 320. Uh, birthdays include Nicolette Sheridan. She played Alexis Carrington on the remake of Dynasty. And Edie Britt on Desperate Housewives. Nicolette Sheridan is 60 today. And uh, I got a lot of history stuff for today. This could be kind of fun, and Pete's going to hate it. Uh, on this day, 1980, speaking of TV, an estimated 83 million people tuned into Dallas, the TV series, to find out who shot J.R. The payoff was kind of a letdown. It turned out to be the relatively minor character, Kristen Shepard, played by Mary Crosby. Uh, on uh, on uh, who shot J.R. And now, wasn't she uh, Bing Crosby's wife? Her daughter. No, I we've think gone, we've gone over this before. We have, I thought no. she was. She's not. No relation, kind of thing, or what? I, no, I, I always don't get know. It She's not his wife. What do I know? Anyway, three twenty-one. How you doing? So, Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. Here's number four zero four seven four one twelve thirty. Almost Thanksgiving, uh, and so we'll do, we've got newsy stuff here, and uh, you're going to hear from an angry Army guy here in a second, and also uh, from an angry Marine who's speaking to you as we speak. Uh, but first, uh, this is absolutely oh, 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 a quick thing. Um, uh, there's no, we haven't heard yet on the hostage release business as, as kind of a newsy update. They, they're supposed to have some plan. I think it's a three-to-one release, last I heard, where if Hamas releases three hostages, Israel will release one prisoner. Or I don't know, whatever. Uh, and so they're trying to make a deal. And for the record, uh, let me say this: for the record, uh, this is all nonsense. I mean, they take they take babies to use as human hostages after what they did, tying families together and setting them on fire, raping all the women. I mean, you know about the slaughter. And now they want to oh, let's have peace, let's have a ceasefire, let's exchange all our hostages and call it quits and pretend we're doing is fine. Well, you know what? Then fine. Here, here's what I do. Uh, yeah, guys, this is not a war. There are no rules. This isn't a UN thing. This is just slaughter. This is people trying to. 
slaughter people. Uh, so if they may, I, I say, okay, if you're Israel, make a deal. Say, okay, you know what? We'll have. A, in fact, let's get rid of all of it. Let's say you stay where you are. You do what you want. You, uh, give us our back hostages. We'll give you yours. And we stay where we are, and everybody will be happy. And then you sign the deal. Everybody's happy. And then about eight hours later, you go in and kill them all. You know, they're not going to, they don't keep their word. Hamas doesn't keep, these are terrorists. These are devil people. They don't have any standards of life, of humanity. They tied children together and set them on fire. <laughs> My God, you know, they, there are no rules. If the only way to stop them is to kill them. And so you make a deal and everybody's fine. Then you have like meetings and stuff and then just kill them all. You know, oh, gee, you broke your word. I'll be damned. So what? There's no word. There's no rules. There's no word. This is not a moral thing. You think you think God's going to complain if you do that? <laughs> Please. I'm surprised he hasn't burned them all right now. <clears throat> In fact, as an ordained minister, I'm kind of calling on him to take a little charge here. I don't know. What do you think, Pete? You're an ordained minister. Can we call on God to do a little something here, or should we stay out of it for a while? I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious. I don't know what to do. Did you did you hear about the uh, non-self-survival Jewish rabbis, someone female, I guess. I didn't know you could have a female rabbi, mm-hmm. that did a big uh, uh, reading of the Bible in front of Washington, D.C. yesterday? <laughs> no. They, they were reading the Bible, basically pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, you know, anti-Israel. Israel's Jeez. the bad person. But when they, they were reading Genesis, and yeah. when they got to the part that were able— God God said, Abraham, yeah. I'm giving you this land. This is your land to do whatever you want. You know, wipe out the people who live there. They, they kind of started mumbling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the prince kind of uh, have smudged here. We can't quite make out the lettering. Or the... This part, that it's our land. Yeah, right. well, there you are. And by, you know, God was pretty serious back then. You know, though, you know, I mean, you had to hold, put, put your kid on the altar to see if you're serious about believing me and stuff. You know, you know God wasn't fooling around. Around. You know, it was pretty serious. You know, I mean, my God. He'd anyway. come down and, and wrestle you and break your hip if yeah. you didn't listen to him. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Although he was a gentle and kind God. I mean, I remember the story. I think this was true, where Moses came down from the Mount uh, Surabachi or whatever the one was, uh, and he came back uh, down from the Mount. Well, I'll probably get that wrong. Uh, came down from the Mount. Well, your Marines get things wrong. And, and came down from the Mount, and they said, Moses, Moses, what do you got in your hand? And he says, I got the tablets. He says, oh, my God. Uh, he said, that's really fantastic. He said, uh, uh, what are these? He said, these are rules. And he said, oh, my God, what are the rules? And he said, well, the problem is uh, I talked him down to 10, uh, but adultery is still in there. So anyway, it was kind of a disappointing. All right, now to the news. <clears throat> I, I have 15. 15 <laughs> bam. 10. All 10 right, command. 10. <laughs> <laughs> Ten to hold you for a while. <laughs> anyway, three twenty-five. Uh, all right, this really irks me. I, I, I just this is just absolutely ridiculous, appalling, and disgraceful. The leadership at the Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota sent a text messages a few days ago, warning that if you Air Force people go downtown this weekend where they're going to have a Patriot rally, you are in danger of ruining your military career. The guest speaker was from Turning Point Action, which they warn is a alt-right organization, which is a crock, and a history of supporting Donald Trump. So the leaders at the Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota said, boy, you better not go down there. Participation, it was, here's the message, participation with groups such as Turning Point Action could jeopardize their continued service in the U.S. military. 
uh, a, par- a spokesman for Turning Point said, now, wait a minute, we're, we're not a, a, an alt-right organization. I can't believe you're vi- officially trying to call us that. Uh, our keynote speaker is not alt-right. He's just a guy. In fact, he's one of the most accomplished political organizers from the state of Arizona at the Republican Committee. Uh, the attendees of the event are not confrontational to military members as some of the U.S. military's most ardent supporters. They're conservatives, you idiot. Uh, he took uh, issue with the idea that they'd jeopardize a service member's career, calling the warning shocking and totally unacceptable. How dare they dissuade servicemen and women from affiliating with conservative groups and leaders? This should set off alarm bells throughout uh, North Dakota and D.C. that something is terribly wrong at the Minot Air Force Base. This also warrants an immediate investigation by Congress and a hearing, and whoever is responsible should be held accountable. This is exactly the kind of poison that has caused the Air Force to miss its recruiting goal for the first time in decades. And by the way, are all you tough guy pilots okay with this? All you hotshot freaking Air Force pilots who tried to steal every freaking girlfriend I ever had? (laughs) And did? Well, no, not one of them tried real hard, and he ended up uh, suffering for it. He couldn't fly for a while. Poor boy. His arms hurt for some reason. <clears throat> and no, it's true. These bastards, they'll try to steal every, your wife, your girlfriend. If you're with a girl, could be your daughter. doesn't matter. They're going to take her. Uh, you know, they're going to announce it to other friends first, you know, like make a bet or something. So all you tough guy Air Force jocks, uh, are, are you okay with this? Are you okay with your with the head of the freaking Air Force base telling guys don't go around to hang around those conservative groups? It'll ruin your career? What do you think? How about speaking up, maybe? And by the way, I love you guys because the sound of jets, to me, man, is the sound of freaking liberty. And I, if I hear a jet screaming overhead, I don't say, oh, those damn Air Force Base guys are practicing again. I say, God bless America. Thanks for what you do. But keep your freaking hands off my girl. <clears throat> Oh, one guy less in a real good way. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, I mean, that's I don't just... Know. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Why would anybody join the military? Don't join the military. Don't be their cannon fodder. They're, they're run by liberals now. Don't don't do this. In fact, I get I'm getting the biggest kick out of the freaking army. The freaking army now has actually sent out letters saying, uh, you know, golly, all you guys we kicked out of the army because you refused to take the China kill virus. Yeah, we kicked you out and, and, and you know, sent you packing because you wouldn't take the shot. Well, we're uh, we, we want you back. We want all of you back. Uh, how about here? I got a little something for you right here. Here, how, how would you like this back? Here, I got a little something for you right here. There you go. He wants you back. You, have you ruined these? I mean, it's unbelievable. We want you back. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, oh, and also, wait to hear this. Flounder found us late yesterday. There's a soldier who's being charged for the military gear he was forced to leave behind in Afghanistan with that treasonous withdrawal. They told him to leave his gear, and now they're charging him for it. Like a thousand bucks. <laughs> oh, really? Coming up, 3.30 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Look out. And comedy. We got comedy. Down with a lady's choice here with a camera feet and flounder. Psychic spies from China try to steal your mom's elation. Little girls from Sweden dream of silver screen quotations. And if you want. 
Uh-oh. He said the word there. Red Hot Chili Peppers was on this day in 2007. They sued Showtime over the name of their TV show, Californication, saying the title was immediately associated in the mind of the consumer with their 1999 album and the release of the single, Californication. The TV show had David Duke. I used to watch it. I thought I really enjoyed it. It was kind of weird and kinky. Uh, but it was, uh, and that's why I liked it. It was weird and kinky, and they had uh, like naked women, and they were doing stuff, and it was, and uh, anyway, uh, and that little, uh, that little uh, uh, dark-haired chick uh, who was married, one of the stars of the show, a little tiny little uh, comedian girl. Man, she was so hot, kind of, kind of, na- kind of hard and nasty, uh, and real hot. <laughs> a little tiny little brunette. She was a, a handful. She reminded me of Kara. <laughs> it reminded me of a dark-haired Kara, our uh, sweet uh, past little girl. Anyway, Red Hot Chili Pepper sued Showtime uh, for a show to come along and steal our identity is just not right. They described Californication as a signature CD and the song of the band's career. Uh, so the, Anyway, so they sued, and I don't know if they won. I forgot to look it up, and frankly, I don't care either way, but I just remember that I liked the TV show. And, and David, I never liked... I, did you ever watch... Uh, what was that one where he played the uh, UFO guy with that girl... Uh, David Duchovny, and it was a freaky kind of series. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Pete, you remember the name? You met that show with David Duchovny and that girl, and they were investigating uh, creatures. The from, UFOs. Uh, was that what it's called? Uh, hold on. I don't think. I, I, God, what the heck? I can't remember. Anyway, I'm, I'm floundering. Sorry. Uh, let's see. I, I'm thinking. I'm, I feel. Swatoon's like, on the line. Maybe he'll know. Swatoon. Uh, all right. Well, let's get him right now. I'll, I'll bet Mike knows. Was Mike listening? X-Files. X-Files. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. X-Files. Oh, by the way, I know another thank you to Mike. This is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Hold on, Swatum. Oh, he's gone now. He's I, got a bad I'll, line. He'll call back. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. <clears throat> now, the other day, I mentioned something to you about me not being able to figure out something on uh, technically, and it was uh, fairly stupid. Well, today I come in here, and I'm in the studio, and I'm working away, and I realize I look over my computer screen, and it's totally black, and I start hitting things and doing things, and it's, it's not coming on. So I'm thinking, oh, my God. So I look at all these wires. I should have should taken video. There's some there's wires there. There's wires here and wires there. There's plugs. And it's, I mean, it just, I mean, it's all you know, like nine wires and things like and, and connections and stuff. And so I, I look at him and say, well, I don't know what goes to where. And I'm afraid of if I plug something into something, I'm going to screw something up. So I, I go to Flounder and I say, you know, my screen's black. It's, it's dead or something. So he, he comes in and looks and he, has, he goes to get Mike. So Mike comes in. So now it's, now it's a three-man operation, okay? We got three guys now looking at the screen. And Mike says, oh, yeah, well, it's, uh, it's not plugged in. <laughs> Okay. Was, was just, not plugged wasn't in. Wasn't plugged in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we checked everything. I, I, you but... can't tell. It's not, where's plug, what plug? I mean, there's like nine wires here. <laughs> anyway. Uh, now, is that Swatoon back? Swatoon is back. Swatoon, hey, all right, Swap Man. What's going on? Welcome. Hey, that song, uh, Californication, that you just played. Yeah. If you listen to the first uh, beginning of, the, off of it, yeah. it's talking about China uh, stealing secrets. And then talking about Greta uh, Gilbert, or whatever her name is. Thunberg. Greta Lundberg? No kidding. <laughs> yeah, if you play it again, you can hear it. And then telling you know, how the politicians are selling California, pretty much. I'll be, I know I didn't know that. I'll be damned. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. That's right. <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, 3.31 with a Kimber Pete and Flounder. Happy Friday. Of course, it's Tuesday, and I just say that for the kicks. Uh, our birthday list includes uh, Juliet Mills. She was in Nanny and the Professor, the old TV series. Juliet Mills is 82. 
And I'm just pointing that out because uh, she's still around. And on this day in history, boy, i got so much uh, history stuff here today. Oh, here we go. Uh, 1877. Thomas Edison announced his newest invention, a hand-cranked foil cylinder phonograph, which he dubbed a talking machine. The first thing he recorded, Mary Had a Little Lamb, accompanied by his recordings of lambs being electrocuted just for the fun sound in the background. Thomas Edison, making money off inventions and the slaughter of animals. Uh, 3.38 with the camera, Pete and Flounder. Okay, not bad. We got a newsy thing here, the soldier guy. This is what steams me again. Oh, by the way, coming up, the George Floyd case. Holy cow. There was a book about it. What really happened went nowhere. But the girl who wrote the book was married to a cop, uh, and they've now come out with a documentary. And I, I haven't seen it, but I saw Jesse Waters talking about it last night, and they looked it up today. Holy cow about the George Floyd case. A whole bunch of people owe a whole bunch of us a freaking apology. I mean, disgusting. What's the cop's name that's in jail? Yeah, Chau- uh, yeah Chauvin. His appeal was just denied by the yeah. Supreme the Court. Supreme Court said he doesn't get it. It's unbelievable. With all the facts that have come, well, don't jump the gun. We'll get to it in a second. But again, it's, it's, it's astounding. Astounding. And a miscarriage of justice. He's a political prisoner. Okay, now, an Army soldier separated from the Army, ordered to pay for military gear he was forced to leave behind during the anti-American, treasonous, traitorous Afghanistan withdrawal by President Mass Murderer in 2021. Uh, he's, I don't think he's giving his name. He's, he's known as Brock on social media. He went to four years of active duty in the 82nd Airborne Division. One of the, you know, if you talk about Army, one of the toughest divisions and most respected divisions in all history of the Army is the freaking 82nd Airborne. 101st Air, 80, the Airborne guys. The soldier known as Brock, he said uh, the turn-in process made him want to holler, scream, and yell. Uh, he uh, Two years ago, they were in Afghanistan. It was hectic. We, it, was, it was chaotic, disgusting, maybe disappointed. Today, I'm reminded about our government. They want to charge me $1,000 for gear. I was ordered to leave in Afghanistan because as the last two birds were sitting on the tarmac ready to go, there wasn't room for the extra gear or the extra weight. We were told to leave it. I said, no, wait a minute, this stuff is expensive. I'm not leaving this. I'm going to get charged for this when it's time to leave. His superiors assured him he would not be charged, and the Army did charge him for a 1000 freaking dollars. I have the audio. Do you just want to yeah, play it? Here, yeah, here's what he said. Today is gear turn-in day for me. I turn in all the gear that I've collected over the last four years of being active duty with the Army, with the 82nd Airborne Division. Two years ago, my unit deployed to Afghanistan for the Afghanistan withdrawal. We spent a few weeks over there. It was hectic, it was chaotic, it was disgusting, and it made me very disappointed in our government. Today, I'm reminded of how disappointed I am in our government. Go to turn in my gear. They wanna charge me 500 to $1,000 for gear that I was ordered to leave in Afghanistan two years ago. Because as the last two birds were sitting on the tarmac, ready to leave, there wasn't any room for extra gear, or extra weight. Therefore, we were told to leave it. Some lower enlisted dudes, including myself, were like, no, this stuff is expensive. I'm not leaving this. I'm going to get charged for this when it comes time to leave. Don't worry. We're going to catch you on the back end. You know, we'll flipple it now. It's time to get out of the army, and they just want to charge you for, for that. Meanwhile, we can continue to give millions of dollars to the Taliban. We can give billions of dollars to Ukraine. We can give billions of dollars to student debt relief we can give a bunch of stupid stimulus checks we can cut those to the american people 
but we can't cover 500 to a thousand dollars for a dude that left gear in Afghanistan for a dude that left gear in a place that you put me to begin with. Why would you join the military right now? Yeah, well, he's, he, he went on to say the government is so stinking backward right now. And by the way, I'm sorry. I, I said what he was saying. I, I, I thought he was going to talk later on in there. So it's my fault that I kind of repeated earlier what he was saying. But he went on to say the government is so stinking backward right now, man. The administration's last priority is the American people. Yep. And inside of the American people, their last priority is their soldiers, their airmen, their Marines, their Navy. Um, he, uh, he said that he thought turn-in day would be bittersweet. The sad way the military handles its case being from happy to separate in the, under the military and under the Biden team. I'm very excited to stop serving my government and just getting started serving my country. Man, I, let me say that again. That, that, this is the point. Holy cow, what a great point by a, by a dog-faced Army soldier. Just in, 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 not a college professor. He's not a philosopher. He's not a, he's not a learned uh, man of letters from the United Nations and the uh, cultural spirit of American and world powers and so forth. He's a freaking dog soldier guy. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I'm very excited to stop serving my government and just getting started serving my country. He expressed his gratitude for anybody willing to help him raise the funds necessary to cover the cost of his turn-in gear. He's a soldier. He didn't have any money. And by the way, I got nailed on that once during a, 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 a bivouac exercise at 29 Palms, California, which is freaking desert in the Marines. And about, Well, I, I, never mind. They tried to they tried to nail me. Well, I will tell you the story. Uh, they, uh, I was in char- I was a, say, uh, I was in charge of a whole unit of, of collecting all the gear and stuff. Are we doing these uh, exercises in the desert and so forth? And so they I was a squad leader, so they put me in charge. Uh, and then at the end, a lieutenant I got a lieutenant Duran. Got to remember his name, Lieutenant Duran. He was from Hawaii. Uh, he looked Hawaiian. Uh, he was a lieutenant in the Marine Corps. Uh, he was he had less time in I think than I did at the time. Anyway, um, and, and and so uh, we're. It's time to collect the gear, and I had I had everybody sign a sheet and and checkmark what they took, whether it was uh, you know canteens or backpack or haversack, whatever it was, the gear that they had to check for. And, and then the lieutenant said, "Okay, everybody, just tune in your stuff. We got to get going." So they just all you know, hopefully all these guys just kind of threw their stuff in a pile and disappeared. Well, when I went through the pile, uh, half the crap was missing. That was on my list. And so I said, I went to the guy and said, wait a minute. You know, I don't have any, nobody, nobody checked off their name. And the, you, you did it before I could have a chance to think. And so when, when we got back to, it was Camp Pendleton. When we got back to Camp Pendleton, I got called into the freaking uh, Provo Marshals, whatever the hell they call it, office. And they said, well, we've checked your locker and we've checked your area. And we're wondering where all this equipment went. And I said, hey, it's not my fault. I mean, it's unbelievable. Anyway, I'm sorry to be distracted on that, but this guy's guy, this guy, I mean, it's just that hell Afghanistan thing. All those people in charge of that should be busted down to private and serve about 10 a year, 10 or 20 years breaking rocks and then be discharged with a dishonorable discharge. Freaking disgraceful. One of the most disgraceful things I've ever heard of. And one more quick thing, which is not disgraceful as much as it is funny. Uh, in Honolulu, a Navy plane flying in heavy, rainy weather at the uh, military base in Hawaii, splashed into Kanata Bay. 
I could have mispronounced that. Uh, all nine crew people aboard the Navy uh, plane uh, were not hurt. Everybody got out fine. They were at the Marine Corps Base Hawaii in a, a P-8A aircraft. Uh, the plane was in water. It felt it went off the shore, much like the, the Sully Schellenberger did with the emergency landing in New York. You see the plane sitting in the water and stuff, people taking pictures. Uh, the plane's used to hunt for submarines and reconnaissance intelligence gathering uh, belongs to the uh, Skitty Dragons, a patrol squadron for uh, Island, Washington State Base. They will go over to Hawaii. Uh, the funny part is <laughs> uh, this squadron is all female. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, and, Daddy. And they overshot the old runway and went right into the bay. <laughs> well, I thought six inches was this long. No, the end of the runway is way over there, ma'am. Stand by. It's news. It's news. The news we've been waiting for. Yes, sir. The Atlanta date for the Rolling Stones tour next year has been announced. Oh, no. <laughs> Finally. Finally. <laughs> I can get some sleep. June 7th. June 7th. They will be somewhere in Atlanta. Wow. I don't know where. Well, they've got to go to one of the big stadiums. They can only... they got to go to the bins. Yeah, they've they got to do Mercedes yeah, bins. There's no way they can go to, you know, some... And they're also thinking about doing, uh, like, maybe their last concert, which would be weird. They should do their last concert in London. Yeah. But they may do their last concert ever in Las Vegas at that dome thing they the got sphere. built there. Of the Sphere? The is Sphere. That it and it will be the biggest payday in the history of entertainment. Boy, I'll bet. No question. If they got Taylor Swift, there'd be a riot. Who? I don't remember. Uh, 347. A little satisfaction with the Caribbean flounder. All right, here we go. The Kimmer Pete and Flounder, how's it going? Happy Tuesday in the rain and everything. Is this the Stone? Uh, Stone Roses. Stone Roses. I don't know that anything about them, but I'm reading here from Flounder's Music List. 1994, after a five-year wait, the Stone Roses released the single Love Spreads. In true Roses fashion, the group turned down an appearance on the BBC TV show, Top of the Pops, to promote the new single. They turned down. Now, I, I, why, are they a, an outlaw group or something? I don't know anything about them. I don't know people. too much about them, but they, they're almost a band that could have been a lot bigger than they were. Yeah. But they kind of had, uh, their lead singer was kind of uh, a big mouth. Oh, really? His mouth. And, what's his name? Ian Brown, I think. Huh. But anyways, really good catalog, good music. Yeah, well, let's, let's play 10 seconds of what now they're just singing. I've never heard of it. Hard to understand. Yeah, but, it, you know, it sounds like every other rock band, like a good band. I mean, they, they can play. And they, I don't know what the words are, but it, it sounds like rock music to me. <laughs> Which is kind of silly. Uh, our birthday list includes Carly Rae Jepsen. You can call me maybe. I'd like to call you for about 20 minutes. Uh, she's 38 today. It's impossible to think of her without hearing Call Me Maybe, which is over 1.5 billion views on uh, whatever they're viewing it with MTV or some uh, social media or whatever they view things on girls now. I don't know. Singer people. Uh, let's see. And. Uh, Oh, speaking of Vegas and the Stones maybe going to Vegas for their last show ever was on this day in 1980. 
which was 43 years ago. Wow. Fire broke out. The MGM Grand Hotel and Casino in Vegas. The MGM fire killed 85 people. At least one person jumped. Four died from burns. 80 died from smoke inhalation and carbon monoxide. They found out at the end of it in uh, 1980. Wow. Uh, 3.54, how you doing? It's only me, the Kimmer, Pete, and Falounder. 404-741-1230. if you'd like to join. By the way, uh, that crew last night, man, I don't know what that band was, but holy smokes. There Another were a- goth show, it looked like. Man, but it's amazing. And I, I was almost afraid to take my little video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's certain crowds you pay you may not want to just I just um, was afraid of starting something you know because and and by the way some of the women who go to these things are well, I mean I can't be critical I know the name of the band for you what, what's the name of the band <clears throat> Ice 9 Kills Ice Nine Kill. I don't know what that means. Does that, does that mean uh, something? Uh, I, I, they just took words out of the dictionary. Here's yeah. some of their, their uh, titles. Rainy Day, Welcome to Horrorwood, <laughs> It is the End, and American Nightmare. I guess. I mean, the people in this crowd. I mean, there, there were some of the girl. There was a, a couple of girls there who who wore like a fishnet stocking thing and be, total bare belly and barely kind of a black leather bra and then face makeup with all like I, I mean all the damnedest all costumes overweight. and they were like four hundred pounds. I mean, pale I, and I, overweight. I, I, it was a damn. By the way, Ice Nine Kills is not to be confused with Kill by Inches. It's a total different band. Ah, so. well, thank God. <laughs> anyway, what a crew last night waiting. And there were a million of them. I mean, the line went forever. Yeah. Uh, well, you got, and the traffic went forever because they've cut down that uh, uh, that little dr- drive-through to get to the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. Jeez. Oh, and getting out of yeah. here at oh, night by is the way, a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Here's another one of their, their um, uh, titles. Yeah. Kill Your Stereo. Uh, the predator becomes the prey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, it was just what, and I was I was going to try to, and I said, well, I don't want to start. So there, you know, who's in the mood? Anyway, uh, three fifty six uh, with the Kimber Pete and Flounder. Okay, another story. I can't. There was a book about this. Then now, now there's a documentary, and I'm hoping this will get some traction. The George Floyd case. Here are some of the facts of the George Floyd case. Uh, Jesse Waters last night. George Floyd's death led to anger, violence across America. His story is very different depending on where you get your information. New documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis. The journalist who produced the documentary, Liz Collin, and her husband uh, were involved in telling the true story of what happened to the George Floyd case in Minneapolis. Well, among other some things that I did not know until uh, last night when I started looking into this. I did not know that the FBI intervened immediately in the case of George Floyd and apparently talked to the coroner, which could be very important when the release of the final information came out and the stuff that went to court for the trial of uh, Derek Chauvin and the rest of the cops. The FBI got involved, and I, there was an FBI agent last night was interviewed, and, 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 and or a cop and said, has this ever happened before? I said, no. The FBI's never all of a sudden, you know, a, a police beating in a case in Minneapolis, and all of a sudden the FBI gets involved. Well, the FBI got involved because of the black police chief who lied under oath and lied to the American people. 
First of all, he and the department in Minneapolis said, well, we, we, we don't know anything about this George Floyd guy. We, uh, we just don't know anything about him. Uh-huh, really. I saw a video from his arrest a year before the 2021 case of George Floyd. I saw his video of him being arrested and fighting with the cops and complaining and being drunk and high and everything else, just like the one the year later. They have him on video, the whole, I mean, body cams and everything else. So they knew him very well. He had been arrested many times. This was not a secret uh, for George Floyd, but they lied about it in Minneapolis. The police chief, who is black, also denied that he had ever heard of any kind of a neck restraint method to hold down people who were fighting the cops. No, I, we, we, I don't know anything about that. I've never heard of that kind of thing before. It was taught in the department. I saw one cop after another, including girl cops. Who said, oh, yeah, we're taught that, the knee on the neck and, uh, you know, stuff like that, uh, that to restrain the guy because that works so well. We are taught it. There are training sessions on how to do it, which is what he did. Derek Chauvin was doing what he was taught to do. And the girl cops who were on their cell, yeah, we all, ta- we all learned it. Yeah, we all have it. It's what, what we're training. You know, it's, it's what we're trained to do. And yet the police chief, who's black and called in the FBI because George Floyd is black, lied about it. And said, so, oh, I don't know anything about this uh, neck, this neck, uh, neck with a neck, with a, with a knee. No, I don't know about that. Never heard of that kind of thing before. Uh, it's just unfreaking believable. A couple other things I learned, too. Uh, the coroner's report. No life-threatening injuries identified. No facial oral muscular or conjunctional uh, practice. No injuries of anterior muscles. No scalp soft tissue. No skull. No brain injuries. No chest swell. No nothing. No incisions. And he had fentanyl of 11 uh, milligrams or milliliters. That's what killed George Floyd. No evidence of injuries and life-threatening injuries identified. Not one. Four o'clock. It was a political prisoner case. It was all an apology. Look out. Four o'clock. <laughs> Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. <laughs> the screeching and scratching of Aerosmith, ladies and gentlemen. Here. Yeah. They get you to the beat. You got to move with Aerosmith on this day, 1991. Aerosmith made a guest appearance on The Simpsons. 
Other acts who have been on there include Red Hot Chili Peppers, Smashing Pumpkins, U2, Moody Blues, B-52s, The Who, R.E.M., Fish, Blink-182, Metallica, all kinds of stuff. And uh, The Simpsons, although I'm a Family Guy guy to myself. Oh, by the way, I saw some the other night on Family Guy, some of the things they could not play today <laughs> for like 10 years ago. Holy moly. Anyway, 404, how's it going? Quick birthday note here with the Kimmer Pete and uh, Flounder. Marlo Thomas. Is this right? Am I looking at this correct? Marlo Thomas is 86. Uh, she starred in the uh, old TV series That Girl, and she's Rachel's mom on Friends, and you may know her as the wife of Phil Donahue. Marlo Thomas, 86. Holy cow. That doesn't seem right. And, of course, I will not tell you my experience on the Phil Donahue show, although I'm having a flashback of some of the great memories of the, <laughs> the uh, young ladies who are watching the TV show hey, and buddy. called the Kimmer. <laughs> I still can't believe it. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm just sitting in my, in my apartment, I'm single, and sitting in my apartment, and the phone would ring. And back when I, before cell phones, this was back before cell phones. It was like, what, 92 maybe or somewhere in there. Can't be right. I, I, yeah, yeah, so 91, 92, I think. Um, and my phone rings. No, 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 no. It was, I don't remember what it was. Anyway, uh, and my phone rings, and it's, you know, some girl calling from Minneapolis or something, and she wants to fly in to see me. <laughs> I said, fine. <laughs> I'll meet you at the airport. Anyway, 405. <laughs> 405. Somewhere I have a videotape of that of, of show, by the way. I don't know what I could ever do with it. If you ever wanted to see me on the Phil Donnie show with my two daughters, Jennifer and Sarah, talk about dating as, as young girls with their fathers, how they deal with it. Anyway, um, on this day in 1942, Tweety Bird debuted in the Warner Brothers cartoon, A Tale of Two, uh, two Kitties. Tweety Bird, A Tale of Two Kitties, featuring Babbitt and Cat Cello, the feline parody of the comedy legends Abbott and Costello, of course. Tweety Bird... In uh, 1942. There we go. Anyway, um, okay, uh, 404, 406. Um, a couple of things. Oh, uh, President Stupid Face held, <laughs> typical, I mean, just like 2020 all over again. President Showers with Daughter had a meeting with his staff to talk about how to solve the fentanyl crisis in America. Okay? So you see video, he invites the press in, they show video of these guys around a table, uh, Mayorkas and a uh, little dreepy little pimp, uh, uh, smarmy little uh, uh, defense, or secretary of something or other. Anyway, they're the whole staff there. And, and, and so Biden starts talking about how he says, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're working with China now. We're making sure that they're going to conform. And boy, they promised us they're going to be right on this to help us limit that fentanyl thing. And uh, we're really doing all we can and so and so. And then he says, so uh, thank you all for coming. And they and try to usher him out of the room. And the reporters are screaming questions. I mean, Mr. Brad Rodney. And they usher and Biden just sits there smiling and smirking like he always does. Refuses to say a freaking word about anything. Uh, and, and I tried to, you know, get some media coverage. And, and Pete checked this out, too. Every story, uh, he, Biden said, uh, one of the things I wrote or somewhere, Biden said, uh, he said, oh, uh, China's uh, really helping a lot. They're helping reduce the problem of the of the precursors to the fentanyl problem. Oh, really? China's helping a lot by sending it across our open borders? I mean, I, I, mean, I wouldn't even address the fact that you're responsible for all of it. And every single news story, if you Google Biden meets with staff on fentanyl, it's uh, President Biden showed once again what a wonderful fellow he is to try to solve America's problems. It's unbelievable. 
freaking liar. And those guys sit up there like, you know, like they're not culpable. It's their responsibility. If we did, if we had closed the borders, none of this would have happened. Or most of it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> well, I could be wrong. And I should stop slamming my desk here, too. Sorry, got a little worked up there. Uh, and I was, I was going to give you another update, too. Hey, guess, guess yeah. who's... Yeah. yeah. Guess whose agent just dropped her? Oh, uh, Susan Sarandon? Who? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get to that now. Uh, I, I was going to do another George Floyd thing, but I'll, 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 I'll stick that. Let's do the Susan Sarandon thing now. We gotta, we'll got we do some Hamas stuff. And again, now they're saying uh, if they have a, a ceasefire, or not a ceasefire, but they have a prisoner swap and hostage swap, that it's not the end of the war against Hamas. I mean, still, I mean this is all just nonsense. This is, there, there are no war rules here. This has nothing to do with anything. If you want to kill them, kill them. I mean, there's no other way to do it. Kill them. Make your deal and and, and just go back on your word. Your word means nothing. There's no such thing as your word in this. This is not a word thing. This is not uh, some moral superiority. This this is freaking survival. (laughs) Anyway, am I wrong? I mean, you know, make your deal and have a ceasefire. They just buried a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. Go ahead. Will you... Is he still talking? <laughs> no, we got too much of a delay. Oh, God. I hate, well, can we maybe change that? Or, well, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be difficult. Uh, 409. Uh, Susan Sarandon. She's added, I, I, I just, well, I guess, you know, if you know anything about her, she's always been kind of a nutbag. She's 77 years old. Susan Sarandon, the Oscar winner, is joining in the chant from the river to the sea. She said at a recent rally, there are a lot of people afraid of being Jewish at this time and are getting a taste of what it feels like to be a Muslim in this country. She retweeted posts celebrating Pink Floyd's Roger Waters, a well-known uh, anti-Semite. Uh, the Muslim-American journalist uh, slammed Sarandon for a taste of what it's like, feels like a remark at a rally over the weekend. Uh, Hi there, Susan Sarandon. Let me tell you what it means to be a Muslim in America. Then she listed the freedoms that she and her parents who immigrated from India enjoy in their new adopted home of the USA. And then she, they're in West Virginia. She says, please don't minimize the experience of Jewish Americans by sanitizing the hell that it is for Muslims living in Muslim countries and vilifying America for the life and freedom freedoms that she offers Muslims like my family. Go live like a Muslim woman in a Muslim country. You'll come back to America and kiss the land beneath your feet. Yeah, if she comes back if they don't stone her for being a slut living in sin with a guy she's not married to. Don't they stone him for that still? My God. Uh, Roger Waters and uh, Pink Floyd guy in Uruguay was was wearing a kufafafafaf, whatever the hell they call that thing, and advocating for an end to the Israeli, what he called the Israeli genocide in Gaza. And Susan Sarandon retweeted that for the Jews to stop slaughtering those innocent terrorists of Hamas in Gaza Strip. And then, uh, and then, uh, oh, by the way, Roger Waters, a Pink Floyd guy, uh, told uh, journalist Glenn Greenwald he thought the Hamas terror attacks were blown out of proportion by Israelis, quote, inventing stories about beheading babies. Inventing stories about uh, <coughs> beheading babies. Well, it, it gets even better than that. Uh, for example, there's a member of the Maryland Hate Crime Task Force named Zahib Chaudhry, an anti-Israeli activist who serves as the director of the Council on American-Islamic Relations in Maryland. And she has posted tweets for the, uh, on the Hamas attack 
uh, says, I will uh, never be able to understand how the world summed up rage for 40 fake Israeli babies while completely turning a blind eye to 3,000 real Palestinian babies. The moment when you become what you hated most, she wrote. Uh, she appeared to suggest the mere existence of Israel as a nation was the cause of the ongoing war. She linked it to what happened at the uh, Brandenburg Gates in Berlin, Germany, uh, with the Nazis and Nazi Olympics uh, during that year in 1936. Uh, she's maintained her place on the Maryland Commission on Hate Crime Response and Prevention, even though she... <laughs> my God! Uh, the commission's goal is to address hate crime incidents across Maryland and communicate and promote understanding of diverse perspectives in a positive and meaningful way. Oh, my God. And by the way, the, she's still on the commission, even though she's saying, uh, you know, the uh, Jewish babies thing was a lie and, uh, and the Jews are killing more babies in uh, Palestine. And, and they're still keeping her on the commission. The commission says, well, uh, you know, the views and opinions of any individual member do not do not reflect those either of the Maryland Commission on hate crime response or prevention uh, uh, to the attorney general. We understand there are a lot of viewpoints on the Middle East. And so, we, you know, we, we believe we know people are trying to, you know, get the whole thing in there, you know. Uh, by the way, she said uh, her post originally was uh, shared with a close Jewish friend accusing the Israeli government of wanting to commit genocide against Palestinians. Uh, she's not backing down, and they're keeping her on the Maryland Let's Not Hate Commission. I don't know. Am I right? Do I miss something here? <laughs> anyway, uh, we got even more. We've also got more, and we also talk about the guy won a billion dollars, and he's suing his mother-in-law. <laughs> Coming up with a camera feed flounder, 413. We got more to look at. This was huge. Even I know that. That's what she said. Well, hey, ho! Yeah. <laughs> 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 Good night again, everybody. <laughs> Adios. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm right behind you. <laughs> 419 with the Kipper, Pete, and Flounder. Kind of goofing around here on your weird old Tuesday. It's still raining. We had quite a night last night. Cold and windy and blustery, and I guess there's more Building to the come. the ark up here. I, I, I'll bet. <laughs> and, and I think there's more to come. Uh, I'm not sure That's how what long. she said. Uh, hey, ho, hi, ho. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's it for me. <laughs> 419 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. And this is Michael Jackson, 1983. The 14-minute video for Thriller premiered in Los Angeles. Directed by John Landis. Co-starring former Playboy centerfold Ola Ray. The video contains a spoken word performance by horror film veteran Vincent Price. The video filmed at the Palace Theater in downtown L.A. The zombie dance sequence at the junction of Union Pacific Avenue and South Calzone Street. Or Calzona Street, I think, in East L.A. And the final house scene in the Angelino Heights neighborhood on Carroll Avenue. Michael Jackson's Thriller, 1983, 14-minute long video. A quick birthday of note, Lawrence Luckinbill. From, uh, he was in Star Trek V, I think it was, and Cocktail, the movie, and uh, does a bunch of one-man shows. Uh, he, he's 89 years old. 
Holy cow. I remember, I don't I, I guess people know that name, Lawrence Luckinville. Anyway, and a uh, historical note here on this day, 1975, a congressional report charges that American officials using the CIA dirty tricks have plotted assassinations around the globe. The spooks use exploding seashells and poisoned cigars, among other things, and the presidents have all gone along with it all those years. As a result of the report, President Gerald Ford issued an executive order forbidding America from assassinating foreign leaders. And I'm sure that since 1975, it's never happened in any possible way, ladies and gentlemen. 421 with the camera, Pete and Flounder. Here's a number, 404-741-1230, Oh, by the way, uh, talk about Kyle Rittenhouse and uh, the, the guy who won a billion dollars and is suing his family for it. Well, because of it, because uh, of big blabbermouth. Uh, but first, uh, this doesn't make any sense to me. One of the one of the other breaking stories that we I haven't paid much attention to, uh, this uh, Governor Kathy Hochul or Hochul, whatever his name is, from New York State. What a, what a, just a, just a busybody, overly made-up loser, she is now uh, saying that she's now taking responsibility for hate speech in the state of New York, and she's coming up with some new kind of a censorship overriding investigative committee council to make sure that social media doesn't do things that she thinks are over the line. Or well, Since when is the governor of a state's duty is to check social media to see who's saying what? I mean, seriously. It, 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 talking on social media is now a government issue for the state of New York. What what, what business is that? A her? What duty they, is that? They want to micromanage every aspect of your life. It's it's. I mean, it's it's incredible. A state with all that's going on with the immigration stuff and the taxes and the fleeing of the city. I mean, all the things that are happening in the world today and all the protests taken over New York for all the Jew haters in New York, ironically. Uh, and she's got to worry about free speech issues. All of a sudden, that's her bailiwick now. I don't I don't understand. I seriously I don't. I, I, has any governor ever. I mean, is that a thing? I, I, they want to be led, and New Yorkers are basically, God. they love autocrats, they love dictators, they want to be told what to do from cradle to grave, and she knows that, that's why she keeps getting reelected. Boy, I just, well, they deserve her. I mean, uh, I, yeah. can't, I can't imagine, I, 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 I just can't imagine. Uh, anyway. Oh, but hold everything, it's 423. Before I forget, which I almost did, as we, we got all these tweets. Uh, we got Pete. Uh, we got what? Pete's tweets. You mentioned Fargo is back tonight. Well, yes. here's another TV show you might like. All right. Peacock is doing Ted, based on the two movies about the teddy bear that comes to life with a foul mouth oh. and a love for women and alcohol. Those movies Not are hilarious. in that I, order. Are they, is that with Matt Damon or somebody? No, it's uh, no. Mark Wahlberg. Mark and, Wahlberg, uh, yeah, I knew it was one of those blind yeah, guys. the guy from, uh, what's, from uh, Family Guy, who, uh, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane, yeah. You know, I saw that, uh, I've always seen, I mean, they played that movie once in a while, it comes up on cable, it's but funny. I've always thought it was stupid that it was, uh, you know, like a kid's, it's something dumb. It's Open like a, your mind. Really? Well, again, I, I just it just looked stupid. No, it's funny. A teddy bear movie? It was funny, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, so I'll, uh, and they've got a new one. Is that what you said? They have a new one coming out? They're going to do a TV show with it. Oh, TV. Oh, uh, with the same guys or different oh. actors, I wonder. I don't know. We'll huh, find probably out. different actors. They always do. I wish they'd oh. bring back better, uh, better off Ted. 
That's remember the series we used to love yeah, that freaking that series, series, man. Oh my god! And if you want to have fun, uh, Google better off Ted uh, outtakes. Uh, but not for not for the office and not for the family. <laughs> they're very filthy and they're freaking hysterical. Better off Ted uh, outtakes from the old TV series. I'm sorry. Anyway, Pete, go ahead with your uh, tweet you're running, sir. <laughs> Man mattress. <laughs> anyway, Paul wants to know when the Christmas party is for the self checkout at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which is David has are. breaking news from yeah. the North Pole. All right, sir. Rudolph has changed his name to Rolanda and is dominating the female reindeer games. <laughs> and Jeff says his kids want a cat for Christmas. Oh, that's nice. He usually does a turkey, but whatever they want. Oh, hey, hi <laughs> How do you stuff a dead cat? I'm curious. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I love it. 425 with a camera, Pete and Flounder. And Kyle Rittenhouse has written a book. And here's what he says. He announces it this way. Quote, two years ago today, I think this was yesterday. Two years ago today, accused of unjust charges, I heard not guilty five times over from a jury of my peers who heard the facts. My case split the nation into opposing sides fueled by emotions, politics, and misconceptions driven by media and political figures. Today, I want you to learn the truth and know the real and honest version of my story without filters or an agenda. My story of survival, resilience, and justice is now available for pre-order. The book is called Acquitted, and it's the story of Kyle Rittenhouse. And here's some of the early reaction on social media, because, you know, the liberals are going nuts. They're calling, he's a, he's a murderer. He murdered those innocent people who were just protesting. Yeah. He's a murderer, white supremacist, killer murderer. And they're just wetting their panties over this. And some of the other reaction is, gee, seeing all the pearl-clutching pussies rant about Kyle Rittenhouse writing a book makes me happy. The kid removed two pedophiles from society and crippled an abuser. Weird what leftists will defend when in a frenzy. Another, since Kyle Rittenhouse is trending, I again need someone to explain to me why I'm supposed to be outraged that he shot a child rapist that was chasing him. (laughs) Remember, the child rapist was charged with 11 counts of molesting and anally raping five boys in age from 9 to 11. That's the guy Kyle Rittenhouse shot. Another, Kyle, this is from uh, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, yeeted, I don't know what that means, yeeted, Kyle Rittenhouse yeeted a registered sex offender and a woman-beating career criminal. He then shot a man who was pointing a handgun at his face. If I had my way, I'd put Kyle Rittenhouse on a blanking box of Wheaties. (laughs) Another, uh, Chicago Ray writes, raise your sons to be more like Kyle Rittenhouse and less like Hunter Biden. And they'll thank you for it later, and so will we. Kyle Rittenhouse shot and killed a child rapist in an act of self-defense. He was tried and cleared of all charges. And now he's got a book we can all read about it called Acquitted. And again, his, his life is never going to be the same. He can't, he can't even identify himself in public probably anywhere. He wanted to go back to school at Arizona State University, and that, that fell through because they're all hating him. Everywhere he goes, they find out his name. that He's going to be doxxed. Well, and civil suits against yeah, him. Oh my God! Life. Yeah, he's still going through that stuff. And of course, he's suing all the people. Like, uh, 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 who's that? Uh, uh, Biloxi Goldberg. There. What's her name? Uh, Chicky Goldberg. Fatty stinks. Uh, crap pass Goldberg. What's her name? Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi he's Goldberg. suing her for slandering and lying about him. Uh, so, but again, he's gonna he's gonna have to make a living by doing that by doing some uh, a book and, uh, and 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 you know lawsuits because he can't make a living and he can't even go to work. 
Hey, guys. Uh, he can't, he can, what's he supposed to do? So anyway, I don't blame him. And good for him. I hope he makes a million dollars, $10 million. And he was a kid. He was a teenager going to help somebody, and then they all attacked him for it anyway. All right, I'll let's change the pace. 428, see if I can get this in here in time. Uh, a guy in Maine <laughs> whose name is withheld. <laughs> Didn't want to say it again. Uh, what's that? <laughs> you can say it, Pete. What? That's what she said. <laughs> Thank you. A guy in Maine won $1.3 billion in the Mega Millions jackpot is suing his daughter's mother for yakking her mouth about the fact that he won the prize and she was not supposed to say anything. The guy's name has been held uh, legally. Uh, he got uh, take a one-time cash payment of $720 million. It's going to give him $400 million after taxes, free and clear. Uh, he determined the option. Da, 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 da. Uh, he wanted to keep his uh, identity hidden. And, in fact, he signed the document and he had the mother... Of the, his daughter's mother, it's hard to explain, had her sign a non-disclosure agreement requiring her to keep the man's lottery in a, with a secret until their daughter turned 18 uh, in July or in June 2032. So he's got a little girl. He wants his name secret until she turns 18, so she's an adult not affected by this kind of stuff, to avoid irreparable harm and allowing the media and public in general to discover her identity, location, assets, come after her, stuff like that. He agreed to support her and ongoing security resources in exchange for her signing the non-disclosure agreement. The woman violated it by getting on the phone uh, to the father and stepmother over the phone, and the news then made it to his sister. More people now know about the lottery win. The thing is out. He is suffering from irreparable injury, immediate image and danger that he'll be suffering a harm for which there is no adequate remedy at law. So he's suing his daughter's mother, his ex, because she blabbed about it. And now he says, well, this. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Get it together, ladies. Left shoulder, right of blank. Ready on your dog target. I want to go to Vietnam. I want to kill some Viet Cong. Road guards out. Five oh three, look out. It's only me. It's only the camera. Don't be afraid. With Pete Davis, sidekick, 
producer and sports raconteur extraordinaire, and the mechanical mangler at the controls, Flounder. It's uh, five, almost 5.04, and it's getting dark. <laughs> and uh, uh, by the travelers are out, the, my whole route in this morning uh, to the ballpark was uh, way different, different route from ways because of the traffic patterns and stuff and more people on the road. Everybody's leaving now. And tomorrow's going to be brutal. I'll well, now you. when you go 400, if you're if you're taking uh, 400 to the what is it 285 West to yeah, come here to go to the airport. Now that that injunction that that change has both lanes. It's oh. not it's not a single lane anymore. So that helps oh. a lot. Yeah, that was a nightmare. That because merging it goes in. three lanes into one, but yeah. now it's three to two. Well, and so the it's... merge was it, it, it was so far back that you had to merge before you knew you had to merge, and and you got blocked off, and then people cutting. Oh, it's a nightmare. But it's getting better. Yeah, well, that's good. That's a good sign. But I, I still, I, I put my ways on back roads. I don't go on 485 anymore, <laughs> and it's always an adventure. Uh, but again, no, so be be careful, and uh, you know, and again, if you're going to go shopping on Friday, it's going to be, a, I, I assume, it's going to be a nightmare. I think people are back again. I don't. I think they're going back into the stores. I don't know. I will. I'm, I'm not going to be going shopping on Friday. I can promise you that, or probably anyway. Four zero four seven four one twelve thirty is number. Four zero four seven four one one two three zero. A bunch of things going on. On here, the uh, there's going to be uh, you may have heard over the news a few minutes ago uh, some kind of a temporary halt to action so they can exchange hostages, I guess. And again, this uh, the whole thing is I think I think we should exchange all the hostages and uh, say okay, let's let's have a little peaceful thing here. We'll give you back all our people. You get back all your people that you have of ours, and everybody be fine. And let's make a little peaceful thing, and then I'll get together and then kill them all. Uh, guy, there's no such thing as keeping your word for a deal with Hamas. What? What deal with what? You don't deal with a devil. You think the devil's going to treat you? These people want to burn you alive. They want to burn your entire culture, your entire race, your entire country, every one of you. So make the deal, you know, because you know they're they're not going to stop ever. And so and, and to make your deal and then and arrange a way to kill them all. Just eliminate them so there's no possibility that it'll, like we did with the, uh, ISIS. There's only one way to do it. Kill them. <laughs> Idiots. <sighs> Making deals. Give me a break. Um, also, um, ugh, they're still making fun of President's stupid face with his, his birthday cake engulfed in flames. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> I mean, and they're trying to, you know, stop to talk about how old he is. Looked like we're staying the whole freaking house on fire. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get hey, to speaking that. Speaking of cake. Yeah. Speaking of cake, a couple uh, cake items here. Number one, Andy says at Walmart, some of them, you can find the Little Debbie Christmas Vanilla Chocolate and Cherry Cordial Ice Cream. Oh, I didn't know they had ice. Uh, Little yeah. Debbie has ice cream? Yeah. Who makes it? I, I mean, they must give it to somebody else to actually make it. Little Debbie. <laughs> I don't know. Well, man, but I mean, it must be like made by somebody else, but called Little Debbie's. Uh, well, good. That's, uh, and you say, who, yeah. who is it? Walmart? Uh, Walmart, he says he found it in Walmart. And last night I was at Ingalls and I, I thought about, oh, yeah, I got to get the Christmas cake. So I went to the Little Debbie out and they had all, all of their Little Debbie snack cakes were out except the Christmas one. And I was about to give up and I looked wow. at the very bottom shelf, tucked away underneath was one box of the vanilla. So really? I pulled it out, and I go, man, this is heavier than the usual box. So it's usually it's this flat, long box. Yeah, there are five things in there for some reason. Only five element, five cakes in the in the uh, 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 Christmas tree. McKee Foods. Uh, oh, okay. That's who makes the ice cream for yeah. Little Debbie. Excellent. All right, so you're, now you're, so you looked in the box, or you got the box, and it seemed heavy? And it's the giant ones. 
I didn't know they had giant ones. I didn't know that. How many are in the box of the giant ones? I think it's a huge box, and there's like six in there. But they're like big slices of cake. I'll be damned. Uh, And and again, uh, while you were shopping, uh, tell them what you kept overhearing there, Pete. Well, they're out of sage. Can I get the rosemary? <laughs> is the time okay? Or the, this is all gone. There's no, there's no those, uh, dinner rolls left. You know. <laughs> honey, yes, I've dear. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. We're I, going I, to food giant. Where is it? I, where do you keep them? <laughs> is it in cold cuts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is the season, all right. Stressmas. Anyway, uh, God bless America. Uh, uh, now, <laughs> I'm not even sure to ask about over there. All right, hold everything, hold everything. Uh, a couple of stories that I want to get to. Again, there we don't have any new information on the Hamas hostage exchange thing, which apparently is going to happen at some point. Uh, a couple things in the news. I started off the show earlier today, and in case you missed it, I'm going to mention it one more time, at least real quickly. This is a disgrace. It's typical. This freaking administration, these woke sons of bitches, uh, the Air Force in North Dakota at the Minot Air Force Base sent out a text message to the members of their Air Force community, the staff members and the people in the Air Force, the Air Force people. And they sent out a text over the last weekend when the uh, pro-Trump organization was having a patriot rally. And so the uh, leaders of the Minot Air Force Base sent out a message that said, Leaders, please exercise caution if downtown this weekend. If you're thinking about going downtown, you should be careful and reach out for any concerns. It was dubbed the Dakota Patriot Rally at the fairgrounds. (coughs) Excuse me. And the text warned people to be cautious if they're in the area, especially because some rally goers could be confrontational to military members. They're going to have a, a guest speaker from Turning Point Action, which the warning noted is an alt-right organization. And in history is support of former President Donald Trump. Well, now, wait a minute. Uh, the people that uh, they, they warned that participation with groups such as Turning Point Action. This is the Air Force speaking. Participation with groups such as Turning Point Action could jeopardize your continued service in the U.S. military. Well, Turning Point itself said, uh, excuse me, uh, we are not recognized officially by the organization for this event, but uh, for, the, for the record, this is freaking appalling. Turning Point Action is not alt-right. It's a mainstream conservative organization. And the guy who's going to be speaking is not some fringe idiot. He's a committeeman from the state of Arizona, a well-known Republican person. And the attendees of this event are not confrontational to military members, you freaking idiot. Some of them are the most ardent supporters of the military. They're conservatives. And he says, for the fact that the organization could jeopardize a service member's career, calling the warning shocking and totally unacceptable. How dare they dissuade servicemen and women from affiliating with conservative groups and leaders? This should set off alarm bells all over North Dakota and D.C. And for that matter, something's terribly wrong here. It also warrants an immediate congressional investigation and a hearing. Find out who the hell is responsible for this and make them held accountable. This is the, he said this is the exact kind of poison that has caused the Air Force to miss its recruiting goal for the first time in decades, just like the Army. And now the Army is calling on all those people that they kicked out 
for not taking the COVID virus uh, kill shot, for not taking the shot, and they kicked you out of the Army. Now they want you back. Oh, please come back. Well, we can come back now. You got all, all the alien free. We were just, you know, was, we were wrong. You know, we don't want to say we were wrong, but, you know, you can come back now. Yeah, go, yeah, serve your country now after this, after what they did to you. Yeah. <clears throat> Do we have to? We probably, uh, we'll save it for later. I want to play the story. There, uh, in case you missed it, a flounder found this last night. There's a soldier going on social media who got, uh, when he left, he was in Afghanistan for that treasonous, traitorous, disgusting, disgraceful anti American withdrawal from Afghanistan. And he's now been fined. He's charged for the gear he had to leave behind on orders to leave it. And now the Army's coming after him for the money to pay for the stuff he was told to leave behind. You'll hear him talk about it here in a minute. Also, a Navy plane in Hawaii overshoots the runway, ends up in the ocean. Uh, and uh, speaking of the diversity crew, uh-oh, uh, coming up with that too. But first, holy crap, it's sports is next and more. And uh, more uh, uh, funnies, flounder funnies, and the whole deal with the Kipper Feet and Flounder at 513. All right, here you go. There you go. Yeah, look out now, uh, 518. With the Kimmerpeed and Flounder, and I have three sports birthdays and three sports history notes. Let's see if Pete and I lock up together for the same thing. But first, it's a, it's holy crap of sports with Pete Davis. So I just got a glimpse of the Army Navy uniforms they're going to be wearing. Oh, and you knew it. Uh, Army is nice and solid. It's a nice solder one. They have remember the Marne and things like that on their helmets and stuff. But I just okay. the Navy. As much as I hate to say this, Navy has an incredible uniform. Really? It's what do they have this like, year? I haven't seen it's it. A, it's, very, it's almost a metallic-like blue, and the helmet's kind of got this like really cool blue color on it with stripes. And it, it is, it's like a wave coming in on really? the ocean. It's, it's sharp. It Excellent. really is. I'll send you a picture Yeah, of it. please do. I'll, I'll look up for it. And, and I guess I'm just I'm trying to think. I should know this. Um, I, I, know, I, I think they change their helmets every year. Yeah. For this game, but do they change the entire uniform? Also, I I'm, I don't remember. I believe the, I believe they do now because they like to do that. They yeah. can make merchandise. Yeah. Off of it well, too. good, good for them. Oh, cool. And that is that this weekend. Uh, and the Army Navy game. I don't. No, no. Isn't that the week that no one else is playing? Like in a week or so. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, okay. I don't remember. Uh, former future President Donald Trump will attend the Gamecocks Tigers game at Clemson on Saturday. If you got nothing to do, uh, want to drive over there and uh, not get a ticket. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't know what Mark Wahlberg's problem was on the Manning cast last night during the game, but if you don't want to be on the show, then say no instead of showing up and frowning the entire 20 minutes and refusing to engage with the hosts. Wow. It was like watching a cadaver being electrocuted every two minutes to force some kind of physical reaction. Really? Wow. It was, it was horrible, and everybody's commenting on it. Like, dude, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. He's supposed it, to be a, a, a good guy, isn't he? Married to the same woman for like supposedly. forty years, and he does all, all the everything for the military, and he's just a great guy. What a jerk! I don't know why he's. Uh, he was complaining about all the commercials they have. It's like, dude, just don't do the show next time. Wow! After the Chargers lost in Green Bay Sunday, L.A. head coach Brandon Staley, who's kind of a queer duck, gave a very weird news conference, and so weird that yeah. ESPN analyst Rex Ryan, a former head coach himself, yeah. was asked what he thought of Staley's performance, and I quote. What do I think of that? I think you should go back to Division Three football where he belongs. Ooh. Look, this guy, look at his resume, man. I mean, I'm sorry. He spent one year coordinating a team that my wife could coach with Aaron Donald and all those guys. She'd do a hell of a better job doing it. Whoa. 
End quote. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the Lions will play on Turkey Day for the 84th time since 1938. They play the Packers. Detroit head coach Dan Campbell has some strong thoughts about what to eat on Thanksgiving. And I quote, yeah. <laughs> must have ham. I'm a big ham guy. I'm not a turkey guy unless it's fried turkey. I'm not a dressing fan. I'm not a cranberry fan. I'll throw that right out to the dogs. <laughs> Everything else, I'll load it right on top of each other, full stack, end quote. <laughs> well, man knows what he likes. <laughs> well, he's incorrect about this, uh, the uh, dressing. The dressing's Oh, the dressing's part, wonderful. Right? And in fact, the best part about, about Thanksgiving turkey is, uh, well, I, I'm, you go ahead and then I'll tell you about uh, leftover stuff and things. We have. Anyway, yes, keep well, going. Keep going. All right. The Steelers finally fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Oh. It's the first time Pittsburgh has fired a coach in season, an assistant, since 1941. Holy cow. Yeah. Former Detroit Tigers relief pitcher Guillermo Willie Hernandez, who won the American MVP, American League MVP award and the Cy Young Award and a World Series championship back in 84 with the Tigers, uh, died last night. He was 69. He had heart conditions after his playing career. He passed away in Sebring, Florida. And who was that again? The... Willie Hernandez. Willie he, was, Hernandez. he had a, just amazing year in 84 where the mm. Tigers just, you know, boat raced everybody, yeah. including the Padres in the World Series. Yeah, uh, oh. Spar- uh, uh, George Anderson, I think, right, was probably their Sparky. skipper back then. Sparky well, he, they called him Sparky. I have a baseball signed by him and some other people, and his name is, he signed his name George Anderson. He did not sign his mm. name Sparky. His oh, autograph is George Anderson. Anyway, a full postseason chair for the World Series champion Texas Rangers totaled. How much do you think each person got? A World Series winning check? It's, it's got to be like a hundred grand or something, right? Higher. Two hundred thousand. Higher. Oh my God. Two hundred and forty-two. Higher. Three hundred and seven thousand. Higher. Three hundred and ninety-four thousand. Higher. Four hundred and nine thousand. Higher. Uh, Five hundred and forty-two thousand dollars. Lower. Five hundred and six thousand two hundred sixty-three dollars. Moly. I know, and, but it wasn't I, as much as last year's. The Astros got more. Really? Now, how they determine that? How by? Well, it's how much money revenues brought in, plus how many people, because they could vote the the third assistant towel manager a share. You yeah. never know who's oh, getting all the oh, shares. I was going to so. do, do. We say do, and yeah, now the ball boy, the bat kids, what do they call them? The bat boys and the guys who clean their shoes and stuff. They get a big chunk of money too. I mean, the players well, all something. chip in for that. They get something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Hawks host the Pacers tonight. And can I interest you in Bowling Green at Western Michigan later tonight? <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. How I about it. Eastern Michigan at Buffalo? Now, again, I'm not, uh, you know, I just... <laughs> You're not going to do either one of those. Really All right, know. Fargo's on, so what the hell? That'll be work, yeah. Congrats to Marcus Carroll of Georgia State for being a finalist on the Doak Walker Award list for the nation's best running back. Excellent. And congrats to Georgia tight end Brock Bowers, yeah. who's on the Walter Camp Award semifinal list for the uh, best player. And he came country. back after that hurting injury and looked great. Yeah. I mean, wow. He he's amazing. He's, yeah. a, he's a, a cyborg, basically. Yeah. Uh, State 1925, Red Grange, the Galloping Ghost, <laughs> played his final game in college at Illinois. He signed with the Bears. If you've ever seen the movie Leatherheads, it's an yeah. underrated movie. George Clooney, John Krasinski, and Renee Zellweger about the early days of the, the NFL. Leather and it kind Hulls, of mirrors yeah. the Red Grange story. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, cool. Birthdays on this date, your good friend Stan the Man Musial, yes, born in indeed. 1920, Hall of Fame outfitter, played his entire career with the Cardinals, who everybody knows is an American, American League American team. American League team, Cardinals, yeah. They changed their name from the Reds. It was a tremendous yeah. uh, change back uh, in 1920. Well, the Reds are also a National League <laughs> well, team. 
24-time All-Star, won a World Series in 1942, 44, and 46, National League MVP in 43, 46, and 48, seven-time National League batting champion, which is amazing since he played his entire career in the American League. Well, they don't bat at all. They never let him bat. It's incredible. Born in Denora, Pennsylvania. Okay, the perfect name for a Thanksgiving baby in 1955, Cedric Cornbread Maxwell was born. (laughs) NBA championship MVP in 81, played uh, for the Celtics, also won in 84, played for also the Clippers and the Rockets, born in Kinston, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. 1966, Troy Aikman, college and pro football Hall of Fame quarterback at Oklahoma, and then he transferred to UCLA, won the Super Bowl in 92 and 93 and 95, won the MVP in 92. You're making you're making the people now try to figure out how old he is. You give the year, that's not fair. It was born the in Do math in your head. I'm, I'm sorry if you went to Auburn, you can't oh figure my, out how to do math. In other words, you don't know. You you broke down what are something. What you talking about? Well, he's five years younger than I am. <laughs> he's 57. Just tell the people right. he's 57. Not what you. I don't have to bored. do it. You tell it during your segment. <laughs> oh and my I'm God! Doing the way he I was born in 1969. Add it up in your head. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. All right, you want to feel old today? <laughs> yes, I do. The kid yeah. is 54 years oh, old. Oh, no, Junior? Yeah, that's King right. Griffey Jr., yeah. 1969, 13-time yeah. All-Star. Think of that. King Griffey Jr. was an All-Star 13 times. Yeah. That's 11 shy of Stan the Man Musial. That's unbelievable. By the it way, is. Stan Musial, to me, always seemed uh, um, uh, like an elegant ball player. You know, he, he he didn't seem like a muscle man or, a, you know, a fiery kind of... I mean, he just seemed like everything was so graceful and elegant. Uh, well, you know, he had a, a very weird batting stance. So I don't know if it was graceful till he started to swing. Yeah. But I, it was, it was kind of weird. And, you know, it's a funny thing. Both him and Ken Griffey Jr. born in Denora, Pennsylvania. Really? Really? I'll be darned. Yep. Wow. Both born there. What are the chances? I don't know. SEC hater, former FSU, Falcons and Giants uh, backup quarterback Danny Cannell. Was born in 1973. 51. 50 years. <clears throat> 50 years old? Boy, it took you a second to figure that one out, didn't you? Uh, I once interrupted his shower, but that's a story for another Oh, my day. God. Was it at the mall with Bjork? <clears throat> it could have been. Might have been. But, but hope she's been. not listening. <clears throat> With our secret Freemason your secret, handshake. Yeah, your Freemason secret mall rendezvous. Yeah. <laughs> Hall of Famer Mel Ott died on this day in 1958. He was only 49 years old. Wow. 12-time All-Star. Hall of Fame player for the New York Giants. Also managed them. Six-time National League home run leader. He was in an auto accident, and that's what killed him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Max Baer was born on this day in 1909, but he died in 1959 on this date. Heavyweight boxing champion in the yeah. 1930s for a couple of years. Yeah. Died of a heart attack at age 50. He is Jethro Bodine's daddy. Oh, I'll be darned. Max Bear Max Jr. Max Bear, I'll be darned. He's still with us, I think, in a Las Vegas real estate mogul. Excellent. That's last I heard. Excellent. On this date in 1949, Bill Vec sold the Cleveland Indians for $2.2 million. Why did he do that, Kimmer? Because he loved being an owner of the Indians. Well, I think he wanted to go to Chicago. No, he had to pay his wife off in the divorce. No, boy. <laughs> did she, she want to cut off his leg? No, he lost that in an accident, oh, yeah, didn't he? I think so. I don't or remember. something happened yeah. to him. And, he, and he actually used to, he had a wooden leg. He would, he would put on his wooden leg and sit out in the outfield of the bleachers at the White Sox uh, ball games. 
Yes, he what did. You, it's on the damnedest the things. They loved him. <laughs> yep. 1978, Bob Horner, the Braves, won National League Rookie of the Year. And after raising his batting average by over 80 points from the season before, Terry Pendleton won the National League Most Valuable That's Player right. Award in 1991. That's right. So good Remember for him. Terry, yeah. And uh, Flounder, you know what to do right now. Uh-oh. He's... Oh, boy. Yes, sir, that's correct. Yeah. Mariners outfitter Greg Hallman was stabbed to death in Ooh. Rotterdam, Netherlands, by his brother Jason on this date. Wow. The police arrest the 24-year-old younger sibling for the killing, but then they later release and free him because of a psychosis induced partly by his use of... Marijuana? Marijuana. Oh, my. Oh, it never makes you blame Now, wait a minute. They're saying marijuana made him go nuts and kill and stab his yeah. brother to death? Oh, please. Yeah. yeah, which is the very reason why I do most of the shows up here, far away from yeah. the uh, studio. Well, studio. yeah, from there, from, when it's like on seeds, you know, just give me some of them seeds. Up, you know, you <laughs> yeah, I thought marijuana just made you drive your car nine miles an hour on the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> Said that Cheech and Chong, they get pulled over by the cop. Do you know how fast you are going? <laughs> 12. No, man. You were going 12 miles an hour <laughs> on the freeway. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, Michael Strahan, 52 years old today. Record for yep. most sacks in a season, uh, thanks to Brett Favre handing it to him, and he just kind of fell down in front of him. Uh, Michael's 52. On this day, the NFL resumed season after a 50, uh, 57-day player strike in 1982. And in 1934, Joe DiMaggio was playing baseball for the San Francisco Pacific Coast League until this day in 34 when the Yankees bought his contract. And one more. Uh, in uh, 2010, Jimmy Johnson won his fifth straight NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, the only driver to ever win five years in a row. Jimmy Johnson. And I really like the fact that... that uh... now, and they know the little girl. I mean, it's all out in the public, and you're not supposed to do it. Some sta- I don't think Georgia does this, but some states allow you to be, to be silent or uh, keep your uh, uh, identity secret, uh, including Maine, but it didn't work because she blabbed. Chicks, man. 4.30, Kimber Pete and Flounder. Look out. Pretty lady. She seemed like she seemed like a sweet gal, the late Olivia Newton-John, too. Kind of a shame she passed away way too young. 1981, Olivia Newton-John began ten weeks at number one with physical baby. <laughs> kind of a simple song, you know, but. Uh, huge hit, 10 weeks at number one. It was her fourth number one single, sold over 2 million copies, became a number seven hit in uh, Britain. Olivia Newton-John, the late uh, great singer. Our birthdays include Jenna Malone, 39 today. Jenna Malone was Johanna Mason in the Hunger Games, uh, the chick who digs the tracker out of or Katniss's arm and uh, catching fire, if you saw that. Uh, she was Jake Gyllenhaal's girlfriend in Gretchen in Donnie Darko. And the only one to survive the horror movie, The Ruins. Uh, Jenna Malone, 39. I don't really know the name, but I don't think I know her at all. And um, we talked about uh, the uh, Pete gave me the book. Uh, let me read the book, Mayflower, one of the greatest books I've ever read. 
By Hawthorne or not Hawthorne? Well, I get damn. Nathaniel Philbrick. Philbrick. Nathaniel. I'm seeing Nathaniel Hawthorne. That's right. Nathaniel <laughs> Philbrick. So I got half right in my head anyway. Uh, and uh, it's just a wonderful book. I mean, it's it's a it's a history book, but it's a it's a novel. I mean, it's a story. It's just it's a great read. It's just a great read about the people coming over on the freaking Mayflower, and well, you'll learn a lot about you know the Indian wars and the ten thousand different Indian tribes within the period like, like ten acres. I mean, it's just oh, amazing. It wasn't a novel. It's a it's a history book. Yeah, I know, but it reads like it reads like a story. I mean, it's not. It, 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 if you think it's a history book, you're never going to read it or buy it or anything else. But I'm telling you, it was. I was really uh, flabbergasted. I thought it was a great read. And the reason I mention it is because on this day, in 1620. The Mayflower reaches Provincetown, Massachusetts, and discharged the pilgrims at Plymouth Rock on December 26th in 1620. And ask, ask yourself, why do they not teach that yeah. in school? They don't do. They don't. I never learned any of that stuff in no. school. Hey, uh, half of that stuff about the pilgrims and the Indians and that went on there, that's, that's our American history. And they whitewash it completely, making either one side or the other look like the enemy. In fact, when, if you read this book, Mayfly, and again, there's nothing in it for me. I, I'm, just, I'm just bragging about it. If you read this book, you, you get a very serious idea, including like some handwritten letters that he somehow found in you know, some morgue place someplace, uh, about what life really, really was like. And what the society was like and what the times were like. I mean, can you imagine spending all that time on a reeky, rackety old, uh, you know, scurvy infested boat uh, to come across an ocean, not knowing if you're ever going to make it, and then all of a sudden you're there, and what do you do now? I mean, there's no roads. (laughs) You know, there's no stores. (laughs) You know, I mean, mean, you're there in the wilderness, my friends, and uh, wow. They almost starved. The first year they almost starved because they were were almost socialists, where they all shared everything, and everybody, you know, Got what they want, no matter how hard they worked or how little they worked, they all shared it, yeah. and they almost starved. Yeah. And the next summer, they said, "No, no, no! Everybody's responsible for their own plot of land, and you make your own food." Well, I mean, again, think of arriving, think of leaving your country, and getting on a rickety little old wooden boat on the ocean, which half of them probably still thought was flat. Uh, and saying, well, let's take a chance on making it to the foreign land. And, and then one of you them get almost there. sank. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, and then getting uh, there, and there's nothing there except the I, land. <laughs> I think you're thinking of the Santa Maria, the Penta, and the Nina well, from that's, Columbus. It, she, she, don't oh, say anything. yeah. Don't, she, way don't, off. Don't Man, say anything. No, it's close. So don't say anything. Don't say anything. I mean, there. You know, he's going to tell the story to Veronica. Right that I, she's going to say, oh, my God, I didn't know that. So, uh, you know, she should don't. don't what, no, one you know. of the Mayflowers almost? Uh, no, no, no. Well, it was a trio of the Mayflower, the Bayflower, and the Hayflower. It's kind of a lot of people didn't know that. There's a story that in the middle of the ocean, one of them fell overboard and happened to grab hold of a rope and they pulled him back on because there's no turning around to yeah. go back and get him. Yeah. And he had to grab hold of a rope. Wow. Well, it's a it's a wonderful read. I mean, it's really a, an interesting and you'll learn so you'll say, oh my God, I can't believe it more than once. And that's about the Indians. I, anyway, the whole deal. All right, 441. Uh, Kim Kardashian has a new bra and Greenpeace is ripping her over it. Uh, There's a video of Kim Kardashian posted on TikTok teasing the release of a new product called Skims, a bra with small protrusions beneath the fabric intended to make the wearer appear to have erect nipples at all times. 
And then she says the Earth's temperature is getting hotter and hotter. The sea levels are rising. The ice sheets are shrinking. The 43-year-old Kim Kardashian star quips in the video, I'm not a scientist, but I do believe everyone can use their skill set to do their part. That's why I'm introducing a brand new bra with a built-in nipple, so no matter how hot it is, you'll always look cold. Showing off her chest, complete with these steadfastly hard nipples. Some days are hard, but these nipples are harder. And unlike the icebergs, these aren't going anywhere. Well, that's what did it to Greenpeace. He said, now wait a minute. You Using melting glaciers and rising sea levels as a punchline to improve your profit margins makes a mockery of an issue that is devastating millions of people's lives, said Greenpeace. <laughs> we think this is disgusting and horrible. It's an obvious case of greenwashing. They have a new phrase now, greenwashing. Uh, that means they... Uh, Using dishonest environmental claims about a product to market it. Uh, she's also been aware of climate change. And by the way, she's giving money to the cause. She's donating uh, a, a percentage. I can't find it here at the moment, but she's donating a percentage. Oh, 10% of the proceeds go toward 1% for the planet to help the Greenpeace stuff. Uh, she's pointed out uh, before climate change things, their families faced accusations of being hypocrites over their extensive private jet use, uh, which is uh, pretty ridiculous. Uh, and they're pointing out her sarcastic tone as being out of place with her claims about truly caring for the environment. Oh, there's my no-caller idea guy. Uh, there's some woman, some drunk woman calls me at all hours of the day and night, 2 in the morning, 1 in the morning, all, almost always all overnight, no-caller ID, so I can't block it. Now, how, how is it possible that I can't have a, a $45 million phone and I can't block somebody from the, just sending me drunk messages? Oh, whatever. Sorry. Anyway. Well, that's, that's not a message. That's a phone call because they're it, calling. It, I know. But how can you not block a call coming in of no caller ID? Anyway, whatever. Sorry. Uh, 444 with a Kimmer, uh, Pete, and Flouter here. Uh, coming up, Bill Burr and uh, John Lovitz. Right. Oh, oh, God. What the? What, she's shocking me now? Just hold up a note. just about to get to some Bill Burr here. Uh, oh, so my. let's do. Oh, we'll that, we'll do, do him and I'll do the story later. After you do this, that, that's fine. No, no, do the story first. All right. Well, if we have uh, this is uh, Bill Burr says now everybody just relax. Yes, my wife, Nia Hill, who happens to be black, uh, was at the uh, UFC event in New York City when Donald Trump showed up. And yes, she gave him the double bird, flipped him the double finger bird at the event. And Bill Burr uh, was asked about it on the uh, Rich Eisen show. And uh, Rich said, hey, uh, Bill, uh, how's your wife's hands doing these days? And he said, they're fantastic. He said, I love my wife. You know where you stand with her, boy. The guy walks in the arena. Everybody cheered. She gave him the finger. Nobody got arrested. That's why this country's great. Everybody expresses themselves. Can we all be adults? I mean, I don't know about you, but I came here to go to the fights. I didn't know I was going to be in the Republican National Convention. <laughs> uh, one of his routines, by the way, says he's pro-choice, but agreeing that abortion constitutes killing a baby, comparing it to throwing out cake batter, baking in the oven before it's finished. Anyway, he has his unusual stance and so forth, and he's now come to the support of his uh, dear loving wife for flipping the president twice with a double bird, and now Bill Burr. I saw a woman a couple months back, professional soccer player, right? She goes on to ESPN on one of these sports channels, and she starts bitching, going like, I don't understand, how come female athletes don't make as much as male professional athletes. 
right? And all of these men had to sit there and <laughs> act like they didn't know what the answer was. <laughs> <laughs> they had to sit there like dumbfounded, like, oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, why is that? <laughs> that is a conundrum. I have, I have no idea. Literally, I'm sitting at home screaming at the TV because you don't sell any tickets. <laughs> Nobody is going to women's soccer games. You're playing in a 20,000-seat arena. 1,500 people show up. That's not a good night. The promoter lost his ass on that gig. <laughs> That's why, ladies, 446 with a giver feet and flounder. <laughs> Bill Burr. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> 1981, Queen and David Bowie were at number one with Under Pressure. They recorded the song together when both acts were working in a Swiss recording studio. It was David Bowie's first released collaboration with another recording artist. Big hit. I remember the song. 1981. You play a little song here for me. Under pressure. Under pressure. Yeah, boys. Our birthday list includes Bjork. Or is it Bork? That's Bjork, I think. The singer. Bjork. Uh, Bjork is 58. In Icelandic, Bjork means a birch tree. Her songs include Big Time Sensuality, Earth Intruders, and Human Behavior. Is, that, is she the one who wears that funny, like, uh, a duck costume or something? Yeah. Or a freaking swan Sometimes. or whatever the hell it is, yeah, big feathers swan. or something? And well, what's yeah. the point? Is there a reason for that? or just She I wore it to an award show one year. Yeah. Just went to like a costume, like, yeah, like a kind of a just, you, yeah, you like a share show up or something. You remember all right? <laughs> I remember it probably forty years ago. <laughs> I met her once. She really? is like a little. She's like a little pixie. She's like four feet tall. It's no kidding. Well, how'd you meet Bjork? That just happened to be somewhere she was at, and there she well, was. Well, where were you that she was? I'm trying I'm to get the story say. here. Oh, but no, come on. You, this is not I'm a. Not how could this say. be a secret? What are you on a secret freaking CIA mission or something, assassinating some foreign leader? You don't want to give it's it a, away? It's a Freemason thing. We can't talk about. Oh, bourgeois! Where the hell did you meet freaking Bjork? You can tell the story. It's not a story. Tell the story. It was at a mall. Okay, you're at a mall, and so you're just, and, and all of That's a sudden all you I see. Can say. Oh, no, I, I don't understand how you could not tell how you met Bjork. There, it couldn't be a, a secret, you know, a rendezvous uh, that is now out. You know, oh, you're the one who killed the Kennedy people. Or, I mean, there's, it can't be a, a, a what's, what's the thing at the mall meeting Bjork? Is there someone going to find out something? And not, oh, that's what it is. Oh, my God. You've got some. Wow. You're, you, and they say you're not sharp. You lied to somebody <laughs> for years. And you're afraid to now reveal it in case they're listening at the moment and say, Aha, I knew it. Aha. You were with Bjork the whole time, you dirty rat. <laughs> well, but I'm, I apologize for getting you in trouble with your ex wife. Or I can't imagine. There's got to be a thing here, and I wish I knew what it was. I'm just blowing this whole segment yeah, on you and yeah, freaking Bjork. Yeah. The ex-wife that I haven't spoken to since 1985. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's still monitoring the situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. Uh, this day in 19... 
1992, Adam Sandler performed the Thanksgiving song on the uh, Saturday Night Live. In fact, I I, um, I asked Peter whether he'd heard it, and I was thinking of the Hanukkah song. So I Googled on my phone, I Googled the Thanksgiving song to see if we should play it here on the show this afternoon, and it was horrible. It, it was like stupid, and and I didn't make any sense. So I so I didn't even bother getting. So I didn't even bother flounder to see if you wanted to play it. I have it. Oh, you do. Is well, you want to play ten seconds of it or something? I mean, it just seemed pretty stupid to me. I will play like twenty seconds. Okay. It's pretty dumb. You want to do it now? Turkey or you want? Oh, here for we go. me, turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. Fifty million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Turkey lurky do and turkey lurky dap. He pretty much does this for two minutes. <laughs> well, it's, it's like the Hanukkah song, only that he does rhyming things with celebrity names and stuff, which is clever. Um, but I only listened about the first 10 seconds. I thought, this is dumb. It's actually uh, cuter than I thought. And when the Hanukkah song comes out, we'll play the Hanukkah song for you, too. Uh, one quick uh, more history thing. This is kind of cool. Uh, in 2003, the FDA... Man, I can't talk. The FDA approved Cialis. It immediately gave competition to the existing ED medications because Cialis can be taken hours before... <laughs> whereas Viagra and Levitra have an hour-long fuse, which uh, disappears. Um, have you, uh, uh, Flounder, did you ever take... Uh, no, not that you would ever, you know, need it. Have, have you ever just for fun taken one of these things to no, see what I, happens I, to you? I have not. Uh, Pete, how about you? <laughs> it did give rise to a lot of uh, copycats. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have, not, have you not tried one of these just for kicks? No. I did when I uh, my doctor uh, said, you want to try one of these? I said, sure. I mean, at the time, I was single. I was divorced. Uh, and I said, sure. And I took it, and honest to God, I thought my heart was going to come racing out of my <laughs> chest. The, the other thing didn't really do, it didn't seem to have much of a difference of anything around the but my heart was going like that. And I thought, oh, this can't be good. Because they say one of the things, you got to be careful. You don't, you know, do something stupid. But, but I tried it, and I said, no, I know, I'm not, no, I want to die. I mean, you know, it just seems a little iffy to me. But anyway, just for the record, I did try one, and it uh, didn't do anything in the right way. Not that it would have made any difference anyway. <laughs> uh, 456 with the Kipper, Pete, and Flounder. Uh, one more comedian thing here. Uh, John Lovitz is speaking out about the wokeness in the issue of comedians stand up their routines and so forth and he kind of took to task Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers John Lovitz was in the comedy business for 40 years Saturday Night Live, so many other things and who is the one, uh, the famous actress uh, from uh, 90210 that he used to talk about all the time? <laughs> I can't remember her name now, but he said, with whom I've made love, or I've had sex. Morgan, Morgan Fairchild. Morgan Fairchild, with whom I've had sex. <laughs> anyway, you know John Lovitz. And he said, he was asked about the transformation of comedy these days. He says, I don't like it. They, were, they used to be comedy shows. Now, except for Jimmy Fallon, they've all become political. It's just too much. John Johnny Carson.
Carson would do two or three jokes about whoever was president or whatever and then go on, and that was it. But they were entertainment shows. I know all those guys. They're very nice guys, very talented. I know Seth. I know Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel. I think they're funny, you know. But when they started doing all the political stuff, it was so one-sided. It's like that's all it is, the whole thing. It's just that's not the shows I used to go on, you know. It was like the Tonight Show with David Letterman. He said during the Letterman era, interviewers were more structured as to a routine. It was their show. They can do whatever they want. But he says now, if you're asking me, do I like it? And I'm like, no, I, I want if I want to watch the news, I'll watch the news. I'm not watching those shows for the news. They're late night entertainment, but it's all political. Uh, they keep getting mad at Jimmy Fallon. Why don't you go into politics? Because he's doing silly escapism entertainment. Uh, anyway, so he, even he's saying, you know, and finally they're coming around. Some others have Bill Burr and some others have talked about this stuff. Uh, and 458. And very quickly, before the top of the hour, and holy crap, it's sports is coming up. Uh, and more comedy bits, too. A transgender swimmer at Rapag, uh, uh, Ram, Ramap, what the hell, Ramapo College in New Jersey. Uh, his her, his name is Megan Cortez Fields, and he swam on the men's team for three years, and now he's a senior at Ramapo College in New Jersey, decided to play for the girls' team. So he says, I'm a girl now, and he, wa- he swam for the girls' team swimming. He broke the school record, won first place, uh, also beat him in the butterfly. He's setting records in the 200-yard individual medley, and the girls' team is saluting him, saying, God, congratulations, the, the, the school says this is wonderful. Uh, women are being asked to smile and allow all this stuff. And uh, this is just a wonderful new thing we can celebrate here at our school in New Jersey. And, of course, the critics are going nuts, including a girl named Riley Gaines. And we'll talk about that in a second. Plus, holy crap, at sports. The latest on the COVID study and the Hamas business and hostages and all that coming up with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder at 106.3. 5 o'clock. Look out. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon Background Screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com. 